Hey, this is Matt Rosenberg, and you're listening to The Night Nerd. Welcome to The Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. This is Friday's show, and we're going to talk about kind of what you want to talk about. And, of course, that is always interviews. Everybody really likes when I do interviews. And this week, uh, we've been celebrating Iceman all week. I think by now, everybody's kind of finally thawed out, at least down here in Texas. We've thawed out some for better, some for worse. There's like busted pipes for people and all sorts of things. But anyway, uh, way back when, my very first big interview I ever did was with Cena Grace. Um, Written at the time, they were writing Iceman, and I loved it. Uh, getting it together, um, some a Nightwing special in the most recent Valentine's DC book, all, all sorts of great things. Um, some Power Rangers stories. I mean, a Wonder Woman project coming soon. So many, so many great things. But this was years ago uh, when we were both younger. This like four years ago. It's crazy to think about. And so in this interview, we talk X Men, we talk Iceman, all sorts of stuff. So I hope you enjoy it. All right, we're here with the Night Nerd Writer of the Year, Cena Gray. Cena, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm super swell. Thanks for having me and uh, selecting me. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was a no brainer. You know, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of great writers out there. Not not trashing anybody, but the everything you did this year. You know, taking uh, characters that you did and telling the stories that you did, both on comic page and on screen uh, with your YouTube stuff. You know. It's just really great and something that nobody else was really doing. You know, everybody's telling all these cape stories, and you were telling a very personal story that, for a character that's been around for 50 years, you know, hasn't been told. And it was something new and exciting and really great. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it's been it's been a journey. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy to kind of end the year uh, looking back with you because. I haven't even really processed like everything that's happened in the past 12 months. It's just been like a blur and like on top of it, me just trying to like make sure I do a good job. <laughs> well, you, you've done a great job, a phenomenal job. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. So you've done a whole lot of things to say you're a person of many hats is an understatement. You know, you've edited, edited books, written, co-written, drawn, you've done music posters, advertising, you've done everything possible to get your foot into comics you know kind of what was that path and what how did that journey go down yeah well uh, some of it some of it was intentional and some of it was not intentional but all kind of rooted in my core belief that there's no one way uh no one right way to break into comic books um and and so yeah i would just you know try anything and everything to sort of keep a place in the industry until I had reached a point where it was becoming like confusing to, to wear so many hats because then, you know, people were like, wanted to hire me to edit comic books. And I'm like, man, I don't want to edit comic books. I want to draw comic books. I want to write them. And, and similarly, like people would want me, you know, want to hire me to draw like, you know, their, their pitches or their indie, you know, books. And, and it's like, of course they would, because like, they don't, see from the outside like why I would be drawing other people's stories which is usually like it's a friend and the idea you know really like piqued my interest 
Um, <clears throat> so it's like, yeah, do everything you can to get your foot in the door. And then once you have your foot in the door, it, it's sort of like pick a lane so people know uh, how to hire you. Um, because otherwise you get sort of stuck kind of like taking the, the job you don't want to take to pay the bills and then getting too distracted to focus on the thing that you want to be paying your bills. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did everything like, you know, self-publishing, uh, setting up at conventions on my own, uh, editing comics, like you said, designing them and everything. And, uh, and I, it just all kind of didn't really start coming together, I think until, I was at image and then, and then it, once I had like a home, like a publisher, then I feel like that's when, you know, I really became who I am today. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm glad you bring that up because at image you've published some very like personal stories, you know, you, you, your style and a lot of your books are, uh, not, not necessarily, I don't want to say slice of life, but it's a slice of your life. You know, very, a peek behind the curtain as it was of, of the wizard of Oz and, we get to see, you know, what you go through and things. How is that, you know, versus writing a cape story or, you know, a, a superhero story to, hey, everyone, this is my life. This is what it's like. And I want to open up and share all this with everyone. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I wish I, I, like, there were times when I was in the thick of doing all these sort of reflective memoir books where I really, like, understood what it was that I was doing. And then and then time passes, and I never, I never write this shit down, you know. Uh, and I just keep assuming, like, oh, I'll remember where my head was at when I did this. I'll, I'll, I'll know, and I'll, I'll be able to speak to it. And, and then the book comes out, and, and, and then time happens, and you kind of forget. But um, it was a lot of that, <clears throat> a lot of that stuff sort of stemmed from um, doing what people were responding to, you know, and people, readers and, and, and colleagues and people and folks I respected, they always said that the, the memoir stuff, the slice of life stuff, uh, the rougher stuff that they, that they really liked it. And that, you know, uh, if I, if I worked at it enough, I would be onto something. Um, and you have fewer people to pay, <laughs> when you are, you know, drawing, writing and drawing and lettering your own book versus uh, something a bit more mainstream, like, like that book, Burn the Orphanage, you know, we hired, um, you know, professional letterers and colorists and, uh, and they're not cheap. And, and they, you know, that, that, that makes a book expensive real fast. So it was also a bit of a survival tactic. Like, if I'm handling all the responsibilities, I don't have to pay anyone out. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> um, that's a huge plus. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's it, it's it sucks because like when you when you advise people about breaking into the industry, it's like, look, if you can't do it, you got to have the money, because if you can't pay someone like the quality of work you're going to get from, you know, a dude or dudette who's working like on a back end deal is not the same as someone that you can like actually offer a page rate to. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, some of it came out of necessity and then some of it came out of uh, people telling me to kind of go in that direction a little more and see what happens. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And then also just sort of, I, I look, I feel more protected uh, when speaking about myself than say capes and stuff. Cause I think, 
the the world the window of like interpretation suddenly changes a lot um and then everyone kind of overreads and i don't know yeah i'm i'm now but yeah half half necessity half because people i respect told me to um talking about you know necessity and your love for the the genre you know in these books you talk a lot about you love comics you know you're a comic fan Growing up, what were some of your favorite books? And even, I mean, even to this day, is there anything else that you're you're checking out? Yeah, I can. I like. Let's go year by year. All right, <laughs> 1987. No, um, when I was very young, I was a big Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, X-Men, Batman fan. Those were my those were my jams as a as a little kid. And then uh, when we're talking like middle school, high school. Uh, still an X-Men fan, uh, then started getting into like Top Cow and America's Best Comics, the Alan Moore line at Wildstorm and, uh, the whole cliffhanger line, like Battle Chasers and Danger Girl and Crimson. I love those books so much. Um, and then as I got into high school and started working at a comic store, that's when I just had a huge, like love affair with indie books. Um, and that's when I like got into blankets and, you know, kind of discovered the genius of Chris Ware and really, really fell in love with Dan Klaus. And that's right when like Marjan Satrapi's Persepolis was coming out and, uh, you know, optic nerve. So those, yeah, the, like college years is when I got into indie stuff. Um, and now like as an adult, as a grown up, uh, I feel very, very much like an image comics, Marvel comics guy. I mean, I love, I love Dark Horse. I actually like, I would say one of my favorite books I read was uh, House of Penance that came from Dark Horse. Um, but yeah, I'm reading everything, a little bit of everything. I just picked up the new Street Angel hardcover by Jim Rugg, um, which is not that new, I suppose. And then I, I do buy a lot of the X titles just to keep up with them. Uh, Chip Zdarsky's Spider-Man. I fucking hate Chip. It's such a good book. Um, it's such a fun book. And uh, I love the Archie titles. Um, not all of them, but a lot of them. Like I, I love the, you know, like I like the main one Mark Wade's working on. I like Chip's Jughead. I read, I do read everything. There's some, there's this manga book I'm reading and I can't remember. It has like two titles, uh, and one of them's uh, it's Shul Arun or like the girl from the other side or something like that. Um, that's a rad book. But yeah, I'm I'm all over the place, uh, and I like that I said I was an image guy and didn't mention a single image comics book. Uh, but I I love Scotty Young's I Hate Fairyland. Um, I'm behind, but I love Saga. But I like to read that book at my own pace because it's fun to sort of it's like binging, but like delayed <laughs> like i just like i'm like oh in a year i'll binge this um and other image titles rick remender stuff is always really good east of west is weird in a good way <laughs> um I, I just read monstrous this year um very cool book but also still like what the fuck is going on because it's it's this massive massive sort of fantasy epic that she's building out um yeah, those are those are my jams. Nice. That's, I'm glad you mentioned blankets. I think the year blankets came out, all of my friends got a copy for Christmas because I was like, "You need to read this book. It, it's it's great. Um, it's it's great." And I love how you know you 
mentioning all these books that you read, you know, it's, it's great to see someone in the industry appreciating the industry as well. I mean, I know there's people out there that read their book and that's it. And that which more power to them. But obviously, you know, through all of that, you, you kept talking about how you're an X-Men fan. You love the X-Men um, at various stages in your life, kept going back to them. So how did Iceman come about? You know, that's one of the original and it's great. Uh, how did that happen? I was writing here and there for the X-Men offices for this editor, Daniel Ketchum. Um, and I was working really hard to convince him to give me something. I was like, please, like, please, like, let me know. I was like cold pitching him things. Like he wasn't even asking. And I was like, hey, here's my idea for this thing. And he's like, thanks. We're not going to use it. Um, and so when the Resurrection uh, relaunch came about, uh, he had gotten Marvel's uh, blessing to go forward with an Iceman series. And he called me and said, hey, uh, we, uh, at, you know, as you're aware, like Iceman came out uh, two years ago. Uh, and then all the Inhumans versus X-Men stuff happened. And they never really dealt with the older Bobby Drake's journey. And he's like, what would you do? Um, and I, yeah, I just sort of sat down, had a think with him. Um, and, and I, I, I leaned into, I, I like to like lean into the core of things because usually if you take a risk that way, um, the readers will follow you as opposed to like, I'm just going to like throw everything in the dumpster and light it on fire. Um, I think that, I think for as exciting as that can be, that also can lose you a lot of fans. Um, so I just like leaned into it. I was like, okay, what's going, like, what is Bobby? Like, he's just this jokester who, you know, is hot headed, has ice powers and parents who kind of will always hate him for some reason. Um, and yeah, so I just like leaned into those core things and, and kind of built, uh, a coming out narrative around that, you know, around sort of what we know about him because, I am aware that fans didn't nece don't necessarily love that, you know, Iceman's come out. Um, but at least I'm here to say, like, well, there's no changing it. And if you look at the subtext, there's a reason why Bendis did this with this character. It's in there. It's in the, you know, it's in his history. There's a reading. And I'm here to, like, kind of tie it all together and make it work. So that way we're respecting the fact that he dated women for literally decades um, but now he dates dudes. Yeah. And, and, you know, leaning into it, the history of it, you, you, there's been so many points in the book, which you can go pick up volume one right now. If it's in your local comic store and on Amazon pretty soon, but I love there's little moments there that just harken back to random moments in the X-Men history and, uh, or in Bobby's history, especially, you know, moving out to L.A., going out to L.A. for a little bit and ultimately deciding to move back out there. But the little interactions he has, like with Kitty or with Colossus or anybody, it feels very true to the the X-Men mythos, the X-Men idea that personally I know and love. And so... Like you said, instead of just lighting it all on fire, it's it's really neat the way that you've taken what was and added to it. I mean, like, yeah, this happened, but it was because of this. And 
when when you're doing that, you know, you talked about fan reaction and things. Have there been uh, were there any plots that you were like, mm, maybe that's a little too much, or oh, I need to go harder on this? Um, ye, you know, I so I guess the the thing that's really tough about this book because like sexuality has is is a you know is a prevalent theme or or what have you um is that you know i think some people would want to see more of his uh nightlife his uh you know what he does behind closed doors but x-men books are are like 90s pg-13 and and you know you can go through any of them and there's never a a like direct mention to sex um, even, even when Scott Summers is caught cheating on Jean Grey, it's like after the fact and in his head and like, it, you know, it's all implied. Um, and so I think that's the, that's the aspect that I, I kind of always get caught sort of trying to figure out which direction I want to go in. Um, because I know that that's something, you know, like the progressive, like, you know, comfortable in their skin, you know, queer readers want to see, they just want to see themselves in the book as much as possible. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, you've got to, you've got to make this nineties PG 13. And like, so finding that middle ground has been kind of the, the challenge in my head in terms of like, Oh, like, where do I go? What direction do I go with this? Um, and I think at the end of the day, like, I probably just like answered an editorial. Like I'm like, I'll let them tell me what to do, you know, um, because they have a better sense of what we'll read on paper and what won't. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I no, Cause I don't, I don't know. I never, I, I don't, you know, like it's already apparently enough that he's gay. Like I, I, I haven't thought to do anything that was uh, status quo changing beyond that. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Cause the, the next issue coming out in two weeks, uh, has some pretty, I think Doc Ken is the one that I've taken. I've taken like more liberties with or more risks, uh, writing with. And, uh, and that's where I'm really nervous. Cause I, I knew Doc Ken had a strong fan base, but I was not aware that like they want and, and appreciate a very specific Doc Ken. Um, so <laughs> we'll see. He's, He's a little he's a little too malevolent for for where he's been in the X Men universe. Otherwise, um, I, w- I wish I'd have like kept in touch with uh, the writer of Wolverine and been like, so what's your take on Doc Hen? Because he's coming in your book the same time he's coming in mine. Well, from what we've seen so far, I really enjoyed it and the way his character's building, um, which I, is great. You know, seeing a legacy character like that going up against one of the originals is just brilliant and beautiful and amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. All yeah. sorts of adjectives. We can take, this is 20 minutes of adjectives of praise, but no, <laughs> it, it's really great. So like I said, the, the first volume is available um, at local comic shops now and coming soon online and things. And Tell us a little bit, uh, if you don't mind, about that. What's collected in that trade? What's that first story kind of hits on? Sure. Um, it's so Iceman Volume One, thawing out. 
uh, it's the the first story arc follows. It's like you're the reader's getting a sense of who Bobby Drake is and where he is in his life. He's Iceman. He's one of the original five X Men, um, and he's in this position now where he can kind of, sort of like navigate his life however he wants but he doesn't know what to do and the thing he knows he has to do is the one thing he's avoiding which is like he just needs to come out to his parents like everyone knows and there's a really cute uh sequence in the third issue where uh he basically like grouped like he just text messages people he hasn't directly confronted and is like hey this is what's going on i'm working through it i know i shouldn't have sent a text but whatever and, like, there's a really just cute splash page of, of sort of all the characters in the Marvel Universe reacting to him being gay. Um, and, and the whole arc, you know, of him with him fighting purifiers and uh, fighting Doc Ken and trying to rescue this kid with glitchy powers. It's all building uh, in this first collected edition to him having the conversation with his parents. And when he finally gets around to it, uh, spoiler alert, um, it it it. it, it comes up right against uh, uh, a juggernaut attack. And and the two are played, in my opinion, very well together. <laughs> but yeah, so he fights a lot of bad guys. Um, we learn a little bit about his powers because for the X-Men buff uh, listening, you know, we're all aware that Iceman is uh, what is referred to as an Omega-level mutant which means uh, he's super fucking powerful. And let me tell you, uh, it is really hard to give Iceman bad guys that, like, wouldn't just go to the X-Men. And he, you know, couldn't just, like, stop in three minutes. Um, <laughs> so that was that was always the fun part about the series, was, like, how do I make it so, like, Iceman's the only one punching this dude and, like, Kitty isn't just like, all right, the rest of the team's coming. <laughs> It's it's a lot of fun. I highly highly recommend it. Um, on the the flip side of things, you also have a YouTube series based on your graphic novel Self Obsessed, and yeah, it it is great as well. I've been binge watching the second season uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it's it's wonderful. How is that you know adapting your own work and acting in your own work? again another hat an actor um the how is that versus comic book writing it's it's a lot more collaborative um for better and for worse because you you lose control of so many things that like you can't even you can't even like expect or see coming um you know one like a, a very easy example of just sort of like producing a story uh, for screen, you know, versus for comics. Uh, we were super lucky to uh, shoot at Stanley's Kamikaze or Stanley's Comic Con. Um, super nice people. Thank you, Keith, if you're listening, because you're totally listening. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you know, they told us we had this much time, and and this was the time that the convention would be going on for, and and we were shooting, and then just out of nowhere the lights shut off. Um, and it's because like, they were just like getting ready to like close the con at like five on the dot. Um, and so like at four 30, some of the main lights just started dimming and we were like, fuck. Um, we pulled it off. We got 
almost everything we wanted to get. Uh, and we only were able to shoot for like seven hours, uh, which is not a lot of time uh, when you're making motion projects. Um, so stuff like that where you just have to be really flexible and organic and then you also have to be a team leader. Um, and, and, and as a writer, I always would write towards the budget and everyone tells you not to do that when you're writing for screen that you should just put your imagination out on the paper and then later let someone else sort of uh, put you in check for lack of a better phrase. Um, but because I knew, like, I, I, I'm the line producer, executive producer, whatever, because it's a fucking web series, I just was always writing sort of uh, towards a budget. Um, so that's something that's different than comic books, because in comic books, you, you just basically write to what you expect an artist to be able to draw. Um, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's really, it's really weird and intense and cool um, and rewarding in a way different way, because when you pull it off, like it's it's so nifty you know to 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 have done it um but it's just a lot of work and then and then because the people involved in it you know for people listening i know none of you have watched this web series um it's about me as a comic writer and artist struggling uh you know my book gets canceled i flail about trying to you know find my way in this world and then the second season is about sort of, uh, I forgot what the second season's about. It's been so long. I do conventions and stuff, um, and I fall in love with a cute guy. And I'm, that's what it is. I pitch to an editor, and, it, and, it, and I bomb. <laughs> I totally forgot the second season. That's how, <laughs> that's how sort of insane this year has been. Um, but, you know, people are playing real people. Like, uh, the actors are playing themselves as actors, and comic book people who show up are playing themselves like for skybound fans sean makowitz uh the what is his role there now like editor-in-chief king poobah or whatever <laughs> he plays himself like i visit the you know offices where the walking dead is made and uh and 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 totally totally bomb um but it's cool yeah it's really cool it's just but it's it's a whole nother story when you're talking about like I'm writing you as you for you. Are you okay with that? Um, and there's a whole new line of procedure that like, I was not uh, immediately equipped for, but I figured it out. I sorted it out. Yeah. I, I think it's great. Like it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, all the episodes are, you know, five to 10 minutes long, uh, easy binge watch. And I recommend pretty much anything with Cena's name on it. Obviously, if you haven't taken <laughs> it, I recommend you check it out. It's great. Um, talking about adapting your stuff and your stuff being, you know, out there. Um, curious, just random question for you: with all the new shakeups that look like they're going down with, on the cinematic side of things, do you have anybody in mind that you would like to see play Iceman in a new X Men franchise? Oh man, I always have this answer and I always forget it. <laughs> um, the kid from the real O'Neills would play an amazing young Bobby Drake, I think. I don't remember his name. Um, also, yeah, I, oh golly, I keep forgetting. I think Sean Ashmore could come back and play an older Bobby Drake. Like, he still looks young. Um, like he could play a young thirties Bobby Drake. He was a good. He was a good Ice Man to me. Um, Cord Overstreet from Glee would be like a left field choice um 
oh man, I really, I did have someone who was like perfect and I completely forgot him. Um, but really anyone would be cool as long as they had, you know, good sort of comic timing. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And a square jaw, like a handsome square jaw. (laughs) Oh yeah. They, they have to look the part, you know, the attractive on ice, but yeah, that's always great. (laughs) And that's uh, another thing going back to your Iceman book. The art on it has been impeccable. There's been so many great uh, artists on there that really just compliment your work and, and tell your story. And I, um, yeah, you know that's something. Your your synergy there with them at least comes across as seamless and wonderful. Uh, what's that like working with someone else and not doing your own stuff? It's eye opening. Well, it's eye opening because then I learn a lot about sort of laying out the comic page because what I do is when I'm scripting, I lay the book out in, in, in its entirety. I don't show the artist, but I do it to make sure that what I'm asking them isn't preposterous. Um, that even if it's like a seven or eight panel page, I know it can be done. Um, so it's been, it's, it's been really cool to sort of see, like what I think it's going to turn out, how I think it's going to turn out versus what the artist does. And each one that I've worked with on this book um, and with other, you know, instances where I've been just the writer, not the artist. um, I'm like usually always like surprised. And sometimes what's crazy, like with uh, the artist uh, in the first arc, Alessandro Vidi, like he really like always kind of I again I wouldn't give too much in the description because I I want them to have fun with it and I want them to make it their book too um but he like kind of always did what I expected and that was nutty um and then the artist I'm working with now Robert Gill Robert if you're listening I love you um I just assume everyone's listening and uh but with him it's really cool because he kind of doesn't he doesn't always do what I what I think I'm putting down and that's what's neat is is to sort of see like the same image I had in my head, but from a different camera angle. And it's like, oh, whoa, that's way more rad. Um, and and he and I had a good phone call before uh, doing the seventh issue of Iceman. We just had a phone talk about like, hey, dude, like, what are you into? What do you like drawing? What books are you reading? Which artists are you following? Okay, gotcha. Like, you're into this. You're into that. Cool. And and the you know he. <laughs> He's funny because he was like, man, throw me anything action. Like, throw me some cool-ass action shit. Throw me some X-Men. Um, and in issues 9 and 10, there are so many X characters floating in and out because the plot is Bobby's having his going-away party. Uh, Doc can, you know, stages an attack. And and everyone is kind of kept busy. There's, like, 30 mutants. So, well, not all of them are kept busy, but, like, the youngsters have their conflict. Uh, the X Men Gold team have their conflict, and then like Iceman has his conflict with conflict with Doc Hen and and Robert was just like grousing about it. And I was like, dude, you told me, you told me you wanted this. Like you told me to push you. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry that like you know you have to do all these double page spreads and like intense fight sequences. But he's amazing. He came up with some really cool ice moves um, that you'll get to see in issue nine. Um, that I love so much. Cause I, yeah, with some double page spreads too, I'll just be like, Hey, do whatever you want, break it down however you want. 
Like these are the three things that just have to happen on the pages. Um, so I, yeah, I hope I get to work with him again because he's he's really talented, and I think he's just going to keep getting better and better and better. Nice. Speaking of the future, you know, the upcoming Iceman issues and things. Are there any dream projects for you down the road? Um, any characters uh, under any of those banners that you mentioned at the top of the show that you would like to tackle or work on? Some of them I can't say, so I'll say the stuff <laughs> that I know I can't do. Um, like, I would love one day to draw, not write, draw Death, uh, the Vertigo character that Neil Gaiman created. Um, I would love to do that sometime in my life. Uh, I think maybe, you know, like, and in my head, I'm like, maybe I'll even be good enough for this to be a legitimate conversation in like two years. Who knows? Um, but death, I love that character and I love the aesthetic of it. Um, so I'd love to work on that. And then, uh, I just in a, like on a broad strokes level, I would love to take on an ensemble book and, and sort of make multiple characters grow throughout the arc rather than just doing individualized character studies. And I guess that's why Iceman was so in my wheelhouse. Cause like all the memoir stuff I did, I I've been doing at image. It's a character study, but it's of myself. Um, so I would love to do, yeah, I'd love to do like a team book. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anyone in like, I do love the Archie universe and I would love to write something there and, We've been talking. It's it's hard to find, you know, which book, which angle, which uh, mythology. But I, fingers crossed, maybe I can do something with Archie Comics soon. Because um, I love that stuff. I love, like, all ages uh, stories about teens being super sort of affable. And, <laughs> like, everyone just says, like, wonderful one-liners to each other. And uh, they just get in all these, like, complicated, like, friendship and love triangles. Um, I love triangles, but, uh, yeah, those are, those are sort of the areas I would love to play with. Um, it would be even cool to like do like Buffy story that like took place in the season two, season three sort of window, uh, at like peak late nineties fashion. Um, but yeah, those are, yeah, those are sort of, I'm, I'm trying to dream more ambitious because then hopefully I can land, uh, bigger gigs in the future that way. That's awesome. We we will gladly sign up for anything like like we said with your your name on it. Um, we look forward to what's out there. Um, before we before we wrap up, how all we've talked about all these amazing books. What's the best place for people to, you know, find and support your awesomeness on the internet? <laughs> um. I guess if it's on the internet, like Amazon.com, I mean, obviously, okay, so my name.com is my website, but I don't, my web store is just like merchandise I make myself, like pins and zines. Um, but, you know, I don't know, everywhere, anywhere, like order the comics on Comixology. I guess just doing things legally is all I ask for. Like, if you can just spend money uh, on the thing you're consuming, that would be much appreciated because uh it really is down to the dollar you know it, even with uh wherever you are in politics like everyone has seen that it's like it's down to the individual sometimes you know it's down to the it's down to like one vote one dollar um so yeah if if uh if you like listening to me talk today please just you know go order uh Iceman or any of my image books 
um, at a comic store, preferably comic stores need our love. Uh, you know, if, if you're, you don't care, then Amazon is appreciated too, because it all, it all, it all counts, you know, every dollar counts and, and, you know, Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Boom, IDW, they, they're all aware of like sort of where the orders are going. So yeah, any of it, any and all. Um, and then, yeah, my pinned tweet on Twitter has the link to all 10 episodes of self-obsessed available right now. Um, and then luckily with my stupid name, uh, I, I have all of the domains. I think you can just type Cena Grace and, and, and my nerdy picture will show up at the top of any search. Yeah, that's great. When talking about local comic stores, um, real quick, when Iceman number one came out and launched my LCS, uh, local, for those of you that don't know, that's cool slang for local comic store or local comic shop. <laughs> uh, they had like Iceman Funkos there. They had like some of the action figures they made a, a big deal about it, and that's, like you said, that's when you show love to your local comic shop, because you don't get that experience anywhere else. No, no, you can't. And yeah, that's, it, it like, it breaks my heart if I ever have to see a store, a shop close down. Um, I know it's tough, and, and that's why I just, like, I, every step of the way, I'm like, okay, gotta, like... I, I know this is a couple bucks cheaper on Amazon, but like I'll have it today and in my hands if I buy it at the comic store right now. And that comic store will still be there to order more of my books tomorrow. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. And also, like, you know, it's you get you get better recommendations at a comic store than at a bookstore because they're reading all this stuff and they care about it in a way that like, you know, one per the comic book guy at Barnes and Noble just can't, you know, I preaching the choir i, I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> with, with all of that um well i think that that about does it for us again thank you so much for being on the show um you're insanely talented we love your work here i'm fanboying right now i know but you're just really <laughs> great and i i can't wait for the rest of iceman to come out uh, over the next few months i'm really looking forward to it Thank you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna need to call you anytime I'm feeling down. Like I'm gonna be like, Lance. <laughs> I feel like shit. Say nice things again. Um, but no, thank you for having me. And uh, let's hope that uh, you know that there are more awesome comics in 2018. I am. Uh, I'm gonna. F- we'll find. We'll find out this week when I when I read Matt Rosenberg's Phoenix book. Matt, you better have done a good job, and you better be listening to this. I, I just hope half the people you think are listening to this are actually listening to this. That would make me happy. <laughs> I well, this is that's the that's the secret is I'll tweet all of them and be like, hey, I mention you. You have to listen to the whole entire thing to find out what I said huh. because if you wait till the very end, I'll bring you guys up again. Like Keith Trailins, I love you. Matthew Rosenberg, I love you. Who was the other person? Oh, Robert Gill, I love you. Um, but they won't know if I said that unless they listen all the way through. I, I like what you're doing there. I, I'm gonna have to hire <laughs> you as my PR guy now. So. I, I'll just I'll pay you with compliments and you know it's a win-win there. But that's all I need. <laughs> I'm like Tinkerbell. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Well, um, I want to thank everybody out there for listening and checking us out. Uh, make sure, like I said, go pick up Iceman, go pick up Self Obsessed, watch the web series, do all these things. It'll make your life better. It'll make our lives better. And yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks, sweet. Okay, there it was. Uh, I never get tired of listening to that, you know. I've come a long way in talking to people, but that I'll always have fond memories of that one. It was 
you know, just your first, you never forget your first, right? That's what they say. But it was great. I want to thank you all for bearing with us this week as we were, you know, following guidelines for not using power. That's why all the shows were late. But it'll be it'll be good. Um, let me know what are some of your favorite. Uh, ice stories you know or do you have some real life ice stories you want to share you can share them down in the comments below here on soundcloud or on social media facebook instagram youtube twitter everywhere just look for the night nerd even patreon patreon.com slash the night nerd you can follow me on twitch at night nerd podcast or if you just want to talk in long form like they used to in the olden days you can email me night nerd at the night nerd.com but otherwise that's going to do it for us today again my name is lance thank you all so much for listening and we will see you next time Ice man, can I get an ice man?